The scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the Old Testament book of Psalms. It's one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 63. So listen now for God's word to you today. O God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. The king shall rejoice in God, and all who swear by him shall exult. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, we pray that you will grant us the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the hearts and minds to understand your word and your world this day. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So how many of you miss Sunday morning worship as we gather together in the sanctuary? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Okay. One, two, three, four. Okay. Obviously, I'm a little bit limited here. I just have to envision or imagine that there are hundreds of hands that are up all over the place, maybe even all over Piedmont and all over the world. Who knows? But let's assume that because in one way or another, we all miss worshiping together in the sanctuary. I mean, it's true that our online presence that we're so thankful for and Michael Barber's talents as our communications director and jack of all trades when it comes to video and audio, he has set us up really well to stay together in community even as we shelter in place. We've been able to try lots of new things and we're even uh, attracting more viewers than we normally would in a in a regular indoor on Sunday worship service. But even so, we miss the sanctuary. And even if it's not specifically the sanctuary building at 400 Highland Avenue here in Piedmont, I think, you know, at least if you're like me, I just miss the feeling of sanctuary, wherever it is, wherever I find it. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He's a, a minister, and he served all sorts of uh, traditional congregations in the Western United States. But I think he really found his true calling when he had a chance for a while to lead a, an experimental new worshiping community that was called Sanctuary for the Arts. They didn't even have a building. They would rent space either indoors or outdoors each week and they would gather. And what they would do, they would worship God mainly through um, some movements, body movements and improvisation. So they would sing, they would dance, they would do yoga, they would walk on, they would put a labyrinth uh, carpet out on the floor and they would walk the labyrinth and pray. They would do all these kinds of things. 
And I got to do it a couple of times myself. And, you know, honestly, it wasn't really my thing. But even so, when I was participating in that body, mind, and spirit, I knew I was in a sanctuary. Another preacher by the name of A.W. Tozer wrote that worshipers never leave church. We carry our sanctuary with us wherever we go. And that's great. It's true. I believe it with my whole heart, but I still miss being together in the sanctuary. Because the sanctuary is where we are accustomed to being with each other and being with God, which makes perfect sense because the sanctuary, the word sanctuary comes from the Latin word sanctus, which means holy. So a sanctuary can be defined as the place in a religious building, church, synagogue, mosque, what have you, temple, uh, that is the most sacred, the most holy. And because of a really long history in all sorts of faith traditions around the world that have sort of set aside sanctuaries as a refuge to keep people and even animals safe from harm, uh, sanctuary also is used for any kind of place of peace where an animal or a human being is safe, not molested by predators or by persecution. And we all need a place like that lots of different times in our lives. In fact, right now, your soul may thirst and your body ache for it, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Those are the words, as I just read, from Psalm 63. And in the Bible, that psalm, you know, lots of psalms have, before verse 1, there's a little... A description above the psalm, right under the number, which says kind of the context for the psalm. It says where it was written or what it's about, who wrote it sometimes. And in this case, Psalm 63 says, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Now the David, as you probably know, is King David. A lot of people think he wrote a lot of the psalms. And as we read in the book of 2 Samuel, the setting for this psalm is when the king was in the wilderness with his army and they were preparing for a terrible battle against King David's rebellious son, Absalom. Not a very pleasant situation to be in, you might imagine. And so it's not surprising that the king in the psalm is dealing with a sense of betrayal, hopelessness. He seems in the wilderness, not just in a biblical sense of being away from God, but also physically preparing for battle. Now that is something you and I may or not, may not feel at this moment, whatever we're dealing with in our own lives, but to the people of Israel, they could identify with this sense of being in the wilderness that King David experienced. And so whenever they would get together in worship and they would sing the words of the psalm, Psalm 63 together, they would connect their own suffering and their own troubles with what David had experienced because David was their national hero. 
And so they laid their most intimate concerns before God as they worshiped together with these words. And, you know, they expected God to respond. And you get a sense of this expectation when you sort of unpack the rest of the psalm, which starts off with a soul thirsting for God, for sanctuary, and then just four verses later, it ends with the same soul satisfied as, as with a rich feast. You might wonder, what happened? What happened that took this psalm, or the person writing the psalm, from a place of lament to a place of thanksgiving so quickly? Well, it seems that the psalmist, or in this case the king, is lying on a bed late at night. He's meditating. And he remembers a previous encounter that he had had with God in the sanctuary. In David's case, it would have been the tabernacle or the place where the people of Israel in David's time thought that God dwelled, where God dwelled in Jerusalem. Later on, that would have been the temple for the Jewish people. It's the temple itself. And that memory allows him to imagine that his current troubles can be transformed by God's steadfast love. So in a profound act of hope, he gives thanks for God's help even before he receives it. And that is an act of faith. Act of faith. You know, a number of years ago when I was in seminary over in Marin County, I was going through a really tough time Uh, My soul felt depleted. I felt kind of lost in my sense of career, my goals, my life. And so I decided to do something that I I used to do all the time when I lived for many years in San Diego. Whenever I would feel down or, you know, kind of lost, I went to the beach. So one afternoon, I skipped class and I drove out from San Anselmo, where the seminary is, to the Marin Headlands. And I just sat there on Rodeo Beach. I just sat there and nothing happened. Nothing happened at first. And then gradually I began to notice that I was sitting on this sand that was unlike any sand I had ever seen before. In fact, rather than these little tiny granules like salt, This sand was more like little pebbles of a multitude of sizes, shapes, and colors. It was breathtaking. It literally took my breath away from me, and so I began to collect them. I would put them in the palm of my hand and move them around and compare them. And and then, at a certain point, I felt a sense of calm come over me. And even the screams of a whole bunch of elementary kids who were out on the beach on some sort of a field trip didn't bother me. So I collected these pebbles, I I put them in my pocket, I held some in my hand, and I walked down the beach and I walked up into the bluffs, the green bluffs with these beautiful yellow springtime flowers all along. And I hiked around on the bluffs for a while. And then I decided it was time to go home. And by the time I got there, I realized that reaching out and touching that sand had been kind of a 
a wordless act of worship for me. It was a way that I felt reconnected. I felt grounded and refreshed by that sense of sanctuary. What about you? What about you? Have you ever had an experience like that where you somehow, in a, maybe even a place you least expected it, found a place of peace and calm and safety? Maybe it was in nature. Maybe it was on the beach, in a garden, in some rural setting or a, or a beautiful urban vista. It could be in a piece of art or music. Whether you produce it yourself or you just enjoy the fruit of somebody else's creativity, maybe you find sanctuary in a relationship with another person or with God, or maybe even inside your own soul when you're able to enter into the stillness of what St. Teresa of Avila called your interior castle. Sanctuary is a place where you can pause just long enough to pay attention. It's a place where your focus changes from the constant churning all around you or within you and turns to the consistent, yet often invisible and even really quiet truth that where, whatever else may be going on in your life, all is well and all will be well. You know, Terry Hershey tells a great story of a rabbi's son. Every day this young boy would come home from school and come through the door and immediately throw his backpack onto the dining room table and then he'd go out through the kitchen door and go outside and run off somewhere. He did this every day. And then one day, his father, the rabbi, says, what is my son doing outside all the time for all this time? Is it something that I should be concerned about? And the son says, Papa, you don't need to worry. I'm just going out to this wooded place out behind the house, and I'll spend some time there, and I'll connect with God. And his father, the rabbi, says, well, that's great. I'm glad you're not getting into trouble. But as the son of a rabbi, you of all sh people should know that God is the same everywhere. And his son looked at his dad and he said, oh yes, I know that. God is the same everywhere. But I'm not. So where is it for you? Where is your sanctuary? Where is the place you connect to God? And, and then change your own focus. Calm down just enough to pay attention to the sacredness, to the sanctuary all around you. Especially now, in a time of COVID, time of shelter in place, we all need sanctuary. And, you know, honestly, I cannot tell you when we are going to be able to gather again in our own sanctuary here at the church. I wish I could. I can't. And I know that that's frustrating for some of you. It is for me, too. But, you know, even with that, in the meantime, in the present time, there is plenty of sanctuary all around us and within us. I mean, just the fact that we're able to gather together and worship online is such an incredible blessing. 
And because of that, because of that blessing and because of our deep hunger and thirst for sanctuary, I want to invite you right now to come to the table and to experience an ancient sacrament of the church. We're going to commune with God and with each other in a way that most of us have never done before. Realize that. But in a time like this, when we can't get together physically, we can still be together in the body of Christ. So I invite you, whoever you are, wherever you are, to come to the table. Yes, it is a virtual table. At least for you, for me, it's real tangible. But wherever we are, it's the Lord's table, which is with us as God is with us all the time. So as we eat and drink together, as we quench our thirst and ease our hunger for sanctuary, let us remember again that God provides whatever we need all the time for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.